Super Talk Mississippi media production. What is Moondog? Moondog Makers and Bakers is not just a catering company. It's blended tradition with innovation and something familiar just done differently. To get a taste of what they're truly all about, you can order some awesome merch, crafted spice blends, or request catering for your very own event. MoondogMakersandBakers.com Putting our differences to the side and talking about something we all love. In our old man river, lavish lakes and streams, pines full of the wildest life and possibilities. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to Super Talk Outdoors, where we celebrate every single morning at lunchtime the world-class outdoors of the great state of Mississippi and the people who make it you know, so special. They're passionate about it. They love it just like I do and just like you do. So thank you for joining us here on the powerful Super Talk Network. Super Talk Outdoors is brought to you by The Foundation, capital T, The Foundation. They are working to protect outdoor, the outdoor heritage every single day. You know, I really enjoyed my conversations last week with Mossy Oaks's Toxie Hayes and Cuz Strickland. What a terrific conversation that was. If you missed it here on the Super Talk Network or on Super Talk TV, just do a search uh, for Super Talk Outdoors and it's going to come up. It's available on YouTube or Facebook. You can get it on your favorite podcast. Just do a search, Super Talk Outdoors. Um, let's turn for a second to my producer, Cal Curley, and just say, how you doing, my buddy? I'm doing pretty good, trying to recover from the long weekend. Yeah, it looks like you got a little sun. Did you go fishing this weekend? No, no fishing. Uh, worked all day Saturday, had fights Saturday night, and then got home around midnight, was up at four. My son had a baseball tournament yesterday in Ocean Springs, so we had to be at the ball field at 8 a.m. and didn't get home until 6 p.m., I believe, last night. It was pretty long day. I it thought I Windburned until I looked at it. like, whoa, that's not wind. <laughs> Sun, sunburn, man, for sure. <clears throat> for those who are watching on Super Talk TV or YouTube or Facebook, you can see he's got a little bit of a red nose, like Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. So, yeah, uh, Kyle, did you see that sunset this morning? Is that sunrise this morning? I missed it this morning. You did, though, didn't you? Yeah, show that picture I took from my house here, here on the beautiful back bay here in uh, coastal Mississippi. It was just absolutely incredible. You know, we're so lucky and blessed to be here. And I like to often say that's that's God's handiwork right there. You don't get any better artist than that. Unbelievable. And it was not touched up at all. But it was, a, it was a beautiful morning, wasn't it, man? It really was. The weather's finally turning in our favor. I think, well, you get a couple of weeks like this and we'll all be good. <laughs> so we spent the weekend up at my place in the Delta. We actually spent about four days up there. Finishing up our food plots, moving stands around. You can throw up some of those photos to show people kind of what we were doing at my place. And, you know, was what was really cool about it is we actually got to enjoy the fireplace, man. I mean, woke up, I think, uh, Sunday morning. It was in the upper 40s. Man, you, you can't pick better weather for the Mississippi Delta, that is for sure. And we moved some stands around. One of the photos we're showing is we uh, had a forklift and we lifted up our shooting houses to check the legs underneath them. And even though you use pressure-treated uh, lumber, sometimes sometimes you can still get some rot. And it's probably a good thing to do that every few years, just to check them, just for, out of safety, for sure. But anyway, Cal, have a great day. Thank you for all you do for this show, man. You bet. I appreciate it. 
Yeah, there he is. Okay. So anyway, we're gonna we're gonna turn for a second to two of my dear friends and have a reason for bringing them in that's very specific to this show. As you know, the the song One Mississippi by Steve Azar, singer-songwriter Steve Azar, the music and cultural ambassador for the state of Mississippi and host of In a Mississippi Minute here on Super Talk. One Mississippi is now the theme song for Super Talk Outdoors. And I want to welcome my friend Steve Azar to the show and Governor Phil Bryan, the former governor of the state of Mississippi, who commissioned that song song and we're going to talk about that here in just a second but good morning guys morning ricky always let the governor go first the <laughs> wonderful you man you do. he was so, uh, i just always enjoy listening to steve azar and ricky matthews show thank you ricky for this wildlife show it was badly needed no thank you man i appreciate it you know we we i mean when i say world-class outdoors we have some of the best hunting and fishing and just enjoyment of the outdoors and the world here, don't we, Governor? Yeah, absolutely. Just sheer beauty. I love the sunrise you saw this morning and shared with us on Facebook over the Mississippi Gulf Coast, coastal Mississippi. But Mississippi Delta, as you talk about, you get the best of both worlds. You're like, man, I was born in the Delta. So many wonderful experiences up there in Sunflower County and Moorhead. And then we love the Mississippi Gulf Coast since we've uh, two years out of office, Deborah and I just take off. We were and go to the Gulf Coast. We love it. We were down on cruising, spent about four days down at cruising. And it's just, it's the out of doors. Uh, yeah. I got a little jealous. I saw some photographs of you and your son, I think, going out and catching some trout. Yes, and, we did. Yeah. And I didn't get to. So <laughs> there's that. Well, we've All invited right, you before, and we'll invite you again. <laughs> I, I can come. I'm I'm much less busier than I used to be, which is a good so thing. So listen, I, I just think it's amazing that Steve has en enabled us to use his song, One Mississippi. And we'll come to Steve in just a second. But when you commission that song, you know, I don't care what your political influences are or what, whatever the division in the world might be. But when we're in the outdoors, that's when we're one Mississippi, isn't it? Absolutely. And you hear the song reflect that. When Steve and I were meeting in the mansion that morning, and I, I said, you know, and he'll tell the story better than I can. It was so such a wonderful day with my friend Steve Azar. But something that children can sing, something that's non-political. The, the state song now is an old campaign song from a candidate for governor in the 1960s. I'm not sure that's exactly the image that we want for modern Mississippi. It doesn't talk about the great outdoors, which is truly what we are. And and I just talked to Steve, and, and he can tell you the story of it. The next morning, he called me and said, hey, he left me a voicemail. And he said, I'm just having coffee, and I thought I'd try this out. What do you think? And uh, I mean, I was standing up, fist pumping, like, that's it. He just absolutely is the genius. You know, we do outdoors, and we do music. Yeah, arts and entertainment in Mississippi, and and the guy you're about to talk to is the cultural ambassador that wrote, I think, the song for Mississippians that all Mississippians can enjoy. That all I hope all it, Mississippians. I hope say. it becomes the state song for the state. Steve, you, wow. that song means a whole lot to you, doesn't it, buddy? Well, let me tell you what. First of all, you get nothing. You get no song without great inspiration. And uh, there's two songs in my life that I remember. And one is a song that people, a lot of people that aren't uh, deep Azar fans, wherever they are, they know my song, Empty Spaces. My dad had a dream that he saw himself as an infant. And 
he said he noticed in his heart and soul there were nothing, they were totally empty. And then he said he thought he got up, but he didn't. And then he woke, uh, well, then he went back to sleep or whatever. He was still in the same dream. And he saw himself at the age that he was and he could he noticed that all these great memories and accomplishments and the love of his life and the children and all that. And he said that he noticed it with the heart and soul were full of all these things. And he said there were no more empty spaces. So I said, let me go. I felt the same way. So two songs in my life. I felt the exact same way when Governor Bryant started to do that. I all of a sudden had deja vu. They had, they had the same tone in their voice because I was on the phone with dad, but I was looking at Governor Bryant and it, it wrote itself because he, he laid it all out there. So I was in a hurry to leave. I don't want to tell him, you know, <laughs> I was with Governor Bryant, let me go because I got it. Because when he said what every, what every, every child could sing, and you know, and there's a correlation to there. My dad and mom raised me where it wasn't even a, a thought about race. We were all living together, going to church together, going to school together. Dad's friends came from all walks uh, and all and all ethnicities, all religions. And it was never even a thought that you brought it up. So it's almost like life had prepared me for that moment with Governor Bryant. And it was a real honest moment. There was not me having to be contrived or anything. It was me just, just everything I'd learned from a great past, great parents, great friends, great community, our great Mississippi, the great Delta. I've always seen the positives and the negatives just sort of, they just, you know what I mean? It's like making double bogey on a golf course. Now I see the double bogeys now, but a great golfer just lets it blow off and he notices the birdies and eagles, you know? I just noticed the beauty. And so um, Governor Bryan is absolute, it just, and he wanted it to be non-political. And yeah. he wanted it to be for every, and he wanted it for kids. And so the new version with kids to me says it all. Yeah, I'm actually going to post that. I'll post that on the Super Talk Outdoors uh, Facebook page so people can take a look at it. We'll also put it on the YouTube channel so people can see the full version of One Mississippi where the chorus is sung by kids. And yeah, it's just incredible. Mm. And, uh, and we will we will have missed an opportunity if that hadn't become the, the state song. But uh, but it, when you heard it for the, the whole song for the first time, Governor, what what did you think? You know, I, I got emotional. Um, I was so overjoyed. The things that I heard, the mockingbird on his limb, uh, uh, the food. I mean, you know, you can't be in Mississippi and not know about food <laughs> and how wonderful it is. And I just realized that the words touch you. It's it's like the first time I read To Kill a Mockingbird, it, yeah. you know, and I said, gosh, I know those people. You know, I know what they're going through, what they're feeling. And so when you hear one Mississippi, you 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 know what he's talking about. You go, yeah, I've been there, seen that, I know exactly. I've had one of those. Yeah. Um, and 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 you know, one of the things that I, I, I realized that we were talking about that day is like what hey, the people in America uh, Yeah, but let's do this. We'll come back on the other side and we'll finish that thought. Steve? Great. Thank you for joining us, buddy. We'll come back at, we'll come back with Governor Phil Bryant right after this. Love you guys. Mm -hmm. Leading the conversation on Mississippi's outdoors. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi. 
Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors here on the Super Talk Network. And I really enjoyed having Steve join us at the beginning of the show. Steve Azar, the music and cultural ambassador for the state of Mississippi. What a great talent he is. And his song, One Mississippi, I'm so thankful that he has given us permission to use that as the, as the theme song for Super Talk Outdoors. Hey, Governor, when we went to break, you were you were in the middle of a thought. I had to. We had a hard stop, unfortunately. But let's finish this. We we really are so lucky to have someone like Steve, who's able to commit so much so much energy to to uh, to representing the best of this great state, aren't we? Absolutely. And here's one of I think the geniuses of country music today. Um, and he came back to Mississippi. He left Nashville, had a wonderful career, had some top tens. I think waiting on Joe, or maybe I'm not. I won't be me till Monday, is like the most played song on radio stations. I mean, it just during that time period, he's remarkable. But he came home and and he's serving here and and as uh, as our cultural ambassador. But the day we were in the mansion talking about the state song, I said, you know. What do people know about Mississippi? Well, they know the river. When I travel the world, they go, oh, yeah, you got a big river. Yeah, we do that. But we also were a unit of time. So what is a second? It's one Mississippi. When you're in the backyard, kids in California are in the backyard about to snap the football, and they're going, one Mississippi, two Mississippi, three. <laughs> so there, we were that literally universal unit of time that was a second one mississippi and so if you want to count seconds you go one mississippi two mississippi three mississippi we talked kind of a little about that and he's always like that's it i'll see you later i love the way you know mississippi came back yeah we have visited steve and i've had the opportunity to visit numerous times me on his show he on my show and the coast view on the coast and now here on super talk outdoors but he's a lot of fun just to spend time with but when he talks about the songwriting process he loves to say that 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 the song writes itself he's he's looking for that inspiration so whatever it was in that moment between the two of you guys it really inspired him and you think about the words capture every corner of this great state every the essence of this great state and to hear the most recent version with the kids singing the the, the chorus wow i mean it's just uh, it's very special it's just got to be a state song uh, I hope the legislature is listening in and realize that the old the old song and the connections it has is not the new Mississippi with the new flag, the new feeling of moving forward together. Th- we've got to have a new song. This is it. I think I think you're so right. Hey, listen, um, when you know when I look back at my past f- hunting and fishing with my grandfathers and my father. So many amazing memories. The the opportunity I have now to to hunt with my kids and now my grandkids, I get to take them to the farm yeah. and enjoy yeah. that time with them. But I, I bet when you look back, it's really kind of hard to center in on on the most substantial experiences because there's been so many of them, haven't there? There is, and it becomes like a big painting. You know, there there's a person over here in the corner, which was one of my favorite uncles. And he was always the guy that was just so much fun to be with. It would take you in the woods. There's Delta National Forest. There's 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 hog killing. Uh, we had a lot of hogs in the Delta, and they were mean old animals. And when you saw one, you tried to kill it. And that evolved into hunting with my cousins in the, in the woods near Fiddler, Mississippi, or, or, or near Onward. I'm sorry, near Onward. And 
and and taking down hogs with a knife. So <laughs> when you've been there um, flipping that, trying to flip that old boar over and take him down with a knife, you got memories. <laughs> you may have stitches too, right? <laughs> you may have, and I've hunted them in Calk Island and uh, did that a lot. Probably not so much anymore. That's uh, that's something that the first lady really doesn't like me doing. But but as a child, uh, going in camping, you, you know, you talked about building that fire. You know, building up that big fire in the middle of the woods, nowhere, and everyone sitting around that fire telling stories and what you saw today, and and if you saw a doe come through, and uh, you know, or turkeys, it, it just it's the best of memories, the best of times, and I still love it. I moved back to the country. It seems like when you're a kid, you say, I can't wait to get out of here. And as you get older, you say, I can't wait to get back. We moved to Papaya County down southwest Mississippi. Big old deer down around Port Gibson and that area in there. So we're, we have deer on our place. You know, we feed them. I've got two pretty good groups of turkeys that, are, that come back uh, through the <clears throat> back pasture. So, yeah, it is... I think it is innate in us that we still look for that Garden of Eden, and and uh, I think it's around here somewhere, maybe <laughs> oh, in the Delta is. or Kapaha County, but it's, it's all here. over. It's all over. Yeah. You know what's what's so interesting is that people who don't understand hunting, and I'm not saying anti-hunters, I'm just saying people who don't understand hunting that right. that don't understand the conservation efforts that are underway both by fishermen and hunters to make sure we have good healthy populations of of animals in the mm -hmm. state but people who don't get it they don't understand that it's it's rarely about actually shooting the animal or catching the fish it's the process you know you saw some of the photos that we were showing at the beginning of the of the show you know out there moving stands around and planting food plots mm -hmm. and that's hard work mm -hmm. and i i catch myself yeah. during it as my son's with me and my good friends are with me thinking man i'm enjoying the heck out of this i i, I love it yeah. i can't get enough of it i know yeah is there anything better on a cold day when you're in that stand and the sun's about to set and the deer start wandering into the field and and the sunlight's just coming through the trees it's the coolness it's just not a better moment you're talking about being with god and 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 i love those moments but if there is a moment when you say thank you to the good lord it is that moment or when the sun's just peeking up and you're trying to find your way up that stand um, those are the best of times, but in the evenings when everyone's cooking and, you know, you're sitting around the campfire, uh, the brotherhood relationships that you build, that's what it's truly all about. So I, I'm to the age now to where I'm, you know, everyone says I'm not as mad at them as I used to be. Now I'm pretty mad at wildlife bass and trout. I, I'm still kind of, you know, I want to, I want to get as many of them out of the water as I can, but you know, it's just the fellowship. It's, it's being there, uh, not so much the hunt for me. I, had a, I got a call from a really good friend of mine, Chris. I'll just leave it at that, that, that Chris, whose father passed away yeah. recently. And he was bow hunting. And he was bow hunting with his father's bow. And he said in that moment this weekend, he had never been closer to his father since his father's death. That this, this, this opportunity, all the memories... You know, that's what it's all about. And I think about my father often who unfortunately passed away when I was a little bit younger. But, you know, it's it's 
you know, it, there's a there's a, a divine intervention or maybe a, a guardian angel in them that that helps us know that everything is okay when we're in that moment. You you relate to that, don't you? Absolutely. And, and those early days uh, are always about your dad. It is always about him taking you into the woods and, and, and telling you, don't move here or uh, watch that squirrel up there. He's going to come out of that nest in just a moment. And you just wonder, how does he know all of these things? He knew them all because his father took him into the woods. And, and, and they had to survive. My dad was from Sullivan's Hollow down in Myers, Mississippi. So they lived in the woods. They survived in the woods. But the joy that came from that relationship, he knew somehow just instinctly that you were passing through that, that corridor of becoming a young man. Uh, you, you were there with a, a weapon in your hand. It started out usually as a single barrel 410 shotgun. In fact, I've got two older brothers and all three of us got the same shotgun for Christmas. <laughs> when my older brother got through it, he kind of came to the second one. And then I said, I just can't wait till it comes to me. And I still have it at home today. But those bonds need to be built. And again, why we need to have open land, why we can have land, public land, that fathers can take their children uh, to today, or it will go away. Another, you know, if you look at the generations following us, they're playing soccer. And we would be in the woods or on the riverbank running a trout line, uh, trying to go somewhere that there were a bed of brim. And, and, and that was a food source for us. There's nothing better than catching a big old ice chest full of brim and then coming home cleaning them and cooking them. But that's going away. And, yeah. and, and if you don't teach that, if we don't capture that, and that's what hunters and fishermen do and outdoorsmen, we're, we're passing that on, that legacy on to our children and grandchildren. And if not, a billion-dollar industry in Mississippi will disappear. It is a billions uh, with an S industry in this yeah. state. Yeah, that along with farming. You know, it's a, we're lucky to have such amazing uh, public land available to us in the state, and we're also lucky that there are so many private property owners who are willing to make their property available to others. And uh, when you add yeah. it all together. The, uh, the enjoyment here in this state is incredible. we got less than a minute left. Final word there, Governor. I, I just think the great outdoors is even more than hunting, though. As I get out yeah. and I cut my place, as I tend to my trees, I've got 1,500 pine trees, and I, and I watch after each one of them. And, and as the sun is setting and Deborah and I are on the front porch, we are blessed by God with some of the most beautiful country in the world. So anyone that ever says anything bad about Mississippi, uh, has never been here or never listened to Steve Azar. They don't get it for sure. <laughs> anyway, thanks to Steve Azar and uh, thank you, Governor Phil Bright. We appreciate you spending some time with us. When we come back, we'll have William McKinley from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. We'll see you after this break. This is Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. As I said at the beginning of the show, Super Talk Outdoors is brought to you by The Foundation. They're the only outdoor foundation that directly supports the Mississippi Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. You know, their financial support is really important to support wildlife and educational projects in this state. And the foundation is also focused on protecting 
our outdoor heritage in, in this state. They're working every single day on the issues that really matter to outdoorsmen and women in the state of Mississippi. So if you want to learn more about the foundation, you can go to the Super Talk Outdoors page at supertalk.fm and uh, at the supertalk.fm website and click on the foundation link. Hey, listen, you know, that conversation with Steve Azar and Governor Phil Bryan reminded me of something that a friend of mine posted. Uh, Stacy Waldrop, who's the wife of my dear friend Terry Waldrop, he's, we fish and hunt together and have for many, many years. But she posted this by Ralph Waldo Emerson. You've, you've, you've seen or heard it before, but I want to I want to say it within the context of the outdoors and those who are working so hard to make sure our kids and our kids' kids enjoy this great this great state. And here's what it said: to laugh often and much, to win respect of the intelligent people and the affection of children, to earn the appreciation of honest critics and endure the betrayal of false friends, to appreciate beauty, to find the best in others, to leave the world a bit better, whether by a healthy child, a garden patch, or a redeemed social condition, to know even one life has breathed easier because you lived, this is to have succeeded. That is Ralph Waldo Emerson. I just thought that applied so well. Anyway, if you enjoy the, the outdoors, you know the department well, but the wildlife Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks has the primary responsibility in this great state for hunting and fishing and uh, shooting sports and conservation. So I'm really thrilled to have someone from the department now and someone I've been really looking forward to enjoy, to having a conversation with because I've, I've known and read his words for many, many years, but it's William McKinley and he runs the deer program at the, at the department. He's called the deer program coordinator and he's been that for several years. Anyway, William, welcome to uh, Super Talk Outdoors. Thank you, Ricky. I'm, I'm glad to be here. It's good to see you. So you get to follow the governor and Steve Azar. Yeah, yeah, I feel I feel unworthy. Oh, uh, very much so. <laughs> well, we say we say the best for laugh for sure. You have such an important uh, program and a role at the department. You've been with the department since uh, 2001, but you've you know you've had the outdoors in your blood the, your whole life, haven't you? I have. I had a passion uh, from being a little boy running around the yard with a BB gun and probably doing a few things I probably wasn't supposed to, but oh. Uh, not only a passion for chasing wildlife, but for studying it as well. I, I remember back, my grandmother lived right beside us and had a, a bunch of Encyclopedia Britannicas. You and I are old enough to remember those. Uh, that kind of falls by the wayside to a lot of people these days, but that was our internet. And when I, when I would shoot something or find something, I would go thumb through those 21 encyclopedias looking for that critter in it, hoping I could find it. So I uh, always wanted to study stuff. Well, that, that brings back a great memory for me. Boy, did we all have those encyclopedias. And I remember starting with the A and working my way through. And I learned a lot about the world reading those encyclopedias. Well, what a what a, what a great memory that conjured up for me. But, you know, the outdoors in, the, in Mississippi, I know that every state has an appreciation for their outdoors. But, you know, when people come here and really focus on this incredible natural resource, whether we're talking about the barrier islands off the coast of Mississippi or the Mississippi Delta, the hills of northeast Mississippi, man, this is this is really world class, isn't it? 
It is. Uh, we have one of the greatest natural resources, I would say, in the country, uh, um, for sure, in the southeast. I, I'm really proud of the deer herd we have, the turkey flock, the game and non-game, the, the fishing. Um, it is a, I know Louisiana likes to tout as being the sportsman's paradise, but why do so many Louisiana people try to come over here to hunt and fish? <laughs> hey, listen, I've got, a, I've got a really dear friend, Lance Reynolds, who works out of Port Fouchon. And uh, he's from Louisiana and he hunts with me in the Mississippi Delta. And uh, you're right, they, they flock to Mississippi <laughs> to hunt, don't right. they? They do, they do. <laughs> um, so I've got hunting ground in Shula and Mentor City and then outside of Greenwood between say Sidon and Blackhawk and Greenwood sort of in that basic area, mm. three different farms. And uh, may I tell you, we, we love it there. But it, you know, as we were talking just a second ago with Governor Bryan, it's really, you know, the, the hunting aspect of it is just a small part of the overall experience, isn't it? It is. Uh, so, you know, hunting is so much in our culture now and you can go, <clears throat> Go back to when we didn't have deer, and many people, many people remember when we had very few deer left in the state. And our agency was formed in 1933, and one of our first goals was to start refuge, to start restocking deer. So you mentioned Tula, Holmes County. You know, Holmes County started with a delivery of 17 deer in around 1968 or 69. We got those records let off a trailer from a restocking effort. And so um, that's how it built up. That deer herd is because of folks that came before us with the Mississippi Department of Wildlife in restocking. It's incredible their de dedication over so many years. And you know, you may not be able to convince sort of an anti-hunter this, but someone who doesn't get hunting, the conservation efforts in this state are incredibly successful. And you know, you speak of you know Shula, for example. Boy, there have been some incredible deer uh, killed in that area. And you know, whether I tell you what, whether you like you know actually shooting deer <laughs> or phot photographing deer or just enjoying the great outdoors. Um, the conservation efforts in this state across the board are some of the best in the nation, aren't they? They are. <clears throat> we work with a, I work with a dedicated staff that I've, uh, I like to think that we've given our careers and I speak for myself, but I speak for my colleagues as well to a life of, uh, as a public servant to try to conserve this wildlife resource that we have. And, you know, I just, I just hit my 20 year anniversary a few days ago. So uh, in working with this department and um, it's been very good and I, I, lo I love the work that I'm doing and I love the goal that I have in mind, but conservation is so much bigger than just just a small property. It, it We can't say it enough while talking about the landowners out there, the landowners and the land managers, and they're the reason that we have the wildlife resource we have. We like to, uh, you know, we can talk about the Department of Wildlife and yeah, we give the we give the guidance, but it's the landowners and the hunters and the managers that are doing it. So yeah, we, we what's so good about it is um, in the case of our main camp, we were surrounded by uh, probably let's say four or five major property owners and they all hunt. But because of the work that you've done, you, you became the deer, deer uh, program manager in 2003. So the, because of the work that you've done over so many years, 
we've all got a language we can speak that we sort of understand the language. We we know when we're talking about the age of deer or certain mm-hmm. you know certain you know uh, requirements that we're shooting for in terms of how we manage. When we're talking about the doe population, et cetera. When we're talking about even things like like the location of our food plots and the kind of food that we're providing for the for the deer, et cetera. The importance of cutover and all these conversations that you have. We're able to have a common conversation and a common language, and we're able to actually shoot for the same goals. And when you can achieve that, man, the the overall conservation efforts for an area beyond just a single piece of property can be very significant, can it? They surely can. And, you know, we 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 do a lot of whitetail deer research. We use MSU, Mississippi State Deer Lab as our research arm and just take a few of the studies that uh, we've put GPS collars on deer uh, in the past few years. These deer are traversing miles and miles. People think, oh, I've got 100 acres and those deer live in the cut over behind the house and they walk out to this. No, <laughs> they, they may have been there when you saw them there, but they're covering every buck in the study went four or five miles at least. Uh, he may do it and come right back and he may do it and stay gone for a month or several months, but uh, bigger scale is what we've pushed. Uh, I've tried to push that my career in forming cooperatives, getting more properties to work together and whether they be big or small or getting a big combination of all of that together. And it has worked. Uh, when people are trying for older age class deer, they got to know if they let that deer go, he stands a reasonable chance of making it to next year. They got to know that their neighbors are taking as many does as they are on a routine basis to keep that herd healthy. And uh, bottom line, Mississippi hunters work together. You know, I'm going to brag on our hunters for a minute because it is uh, um, According to the National Deer Alliance, we have, we kill more harvest, more three-year-old and older bucks than any other state. That That is really incredible. We'll talk about why that's important here in a second. And you mentioned also the doe management efforts. Yeah, the work that Dr. Bronson Strickland's been doing, I mean, some of the, it's fascinating, the research and work that you guys are getting back about the how these deer move around. When, when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with William McKinley from the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. See you after this break. Mississippi, there's a magnolia tree to Mississippi where a mockingbird sings out on his limb, whistling that sweet soul for him. I said three Mississippi to this land called home. I breathe Mississippi till I'm dead and We live in one of the best places in America to enjoy the outdoors. So let's talk about it. It's Super Talk Outdoors with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to Super Talk Outdoors. Thank you so much for joining us here on the Super Talk Network. Uh, brought to you by the foundation. They're working so hard to protect our wildlife uh, and outdoors legacy here in state state of Mississippi. We're having a conversation with William McKinley, who's the deer program coordinator for the Department of Wildlife, Fisheries, and Parks. And you know what? Some of the best conversations on this show happen during the break. <laughs> That's just the reality. <laughs> 
Wave and I were just sharing notes about, you know, management practices and whatever. But gosh, man, we, we had, I mean, you know, first of all, as you pointed out, conservation efforts started many years ago because of so many dedicated people at the department. But as people learn more about how this all works, I mean, I would say that our efforts more recently have really begun to pay off because of the point you made before we went to break about the number of three and four-year-old deer that we're harvesting. We're not harvesting these young deer like we did before. Talk about why that's important and what that means to us. Well, you know, I've, I've seen deer management shift so much just in my career. And if I could go back to when I harvested my first deer when I was seven, sitting beside my dad on a sawdust pile, it was any legal buck. It was, you're looking for an antler. And the, the paradigm shifts of deer management over the years has been, we went from any legal buck to trying to encourage people to take antlerless deer, to regulate deer herds, to then letting, remember the four point law? Uh, while it wasn't the best, uh, it did get people to stop and look. Uh, it was followed by a spread and main beam rule, which got more better deer into the two and three year old category. And what we've seen is a gradual shift of, wow, this is working. And you got even smaller landowners begin to pass, uh, you know, people hunting 20 or 30 acres begin to pass legal deer. And that's just almost unheard of in most states. Uh, it is, and that's just testament to Mississippi hunters. They're putting more emphasis on conservation. Now that conservation circles back and good deer management is, is good for quail. It's good for rabbits. It's good for songbirds. It's good for turkey. So as we make a big circle in conservation, getting people interested in, in conserving one species tends to help others. Um, so you've you spent a career talking about wildlife practices and what it takes to maintain a, a healthy herd. One of the biggest deba debates out there is about when to shoot does. <laughs> What's your thought about that? Oh, well, it depends on how many you're needing to take off a of property. And getting the number is more important than the timing. So if you're down to not having to take very many, I like to take them early. I like to focus doe harvest. I mean, I'm. I was one of the biggest proponents of the 12 day doe only antlerless season, you know, the antlerless primitive weapon season we have before gun season. And I encourage hunters to take advantage of that season. It's in most of the state. Uh, so that gives hunters the opportunity to not be tempted on a buck and to go out and get those does out early. I do put the caveat. If you're needing to harvest a large number of does, you don't need to stop if you've only harvested half of that because you hit a certain time frame, um, except for legal season. So, yeah, I, I understand. So let, let's let's talk it. Like, let's say if you had 500 acres, and let's say you had a really healthy deer herd, mm -hmm. and over the last few years you may have only taken three, four, five does at a time. What should you actually be taking off of, you know, again, a really healthy piece of property? What, what should you be taking? I generally target on most ground in Mississippi, a doe per 50 to a doe per 75 acres. Yeah. So that's a, kind of a general rule and lower density deer herds will drop to a doe per 100 acres. And we have hit properties where we encourage doe harvest to, to be uh, suspended for a bit. but. It's very site specific and I got to plug our deer management assistance program there that we provide on-site guidance. We got private land biologists 
that'll come to your property for no cost and give you a site visit, give you recommendations, and help you uh, help you make those those tougher deer management decisions like how many does should we be harvesting. So we're looking at uh, as a short time we have left. We're looking at a really good year, aren't we? We're looking at a fantastic year. The only thing I always try to look at the downside of it, but uh, we have so much food that I'm just afraid that it may be tough to to get deer to move a lot. We need some yeah. cold weather. But yeah. we've had abundant rain. We've got a good acorn crop. We have wonderful soft mass. The persimmon crop is better than I've seen in my entire career. Um, deer are healthy. We have had some blue tongue this year, hemorrhagic disease statewide. Uh, so people may see a sick deer here and there. We want them to report those, please. Uh, we keep record of that. But overall, deer are very, very healthy. It's looking like a great year. Certainly on the land we manage, it looks like a great, great year as well. But look, William, it has been a pleasure to meet. You're a great guy. You've done such incredible work there at the department over so many years. We're going to have you back in a couple of weeks and just kind of check in. What are we hearing through the bow season? We're getting ready to start the, the gun season. Um, what, are, what are the early data starting to tell you? So it's been, a, it's been a pleasure to spend some time with you this morning, my friend. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed the visit. It's been uh, it's been a great day here on Super Talk. I want to thank my friend Steve Azar, Governor Phil Bryant, of course William McKinley, who we just talked to. He's got a famous name, incidentally. I love the name. Um, anyway, join us next week, next Monday on Super Talk Outdoors. Until then, you know, be safe and uh, enjoy the outdoors. We'll see you. We'll see you next Monday. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.